Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. So go to www.wildsteelheaders.org backslash four is enough. Or just go do a search for Wild Steelheaders four is enough. to get uh, the piece that uh, was uh, published recently by Wild Steelheaders United, uh, written by our own Bill Herzog. And um, Dwayne, I'm sure you've read that uh, top to bottom. I did a couple side. times, yeah. Mm-hmm. As did I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well written. Yep. Uh, brings out some very valid points. Yep. And as we've already mentioned at the start of the show, it it. Yeah, creates controversy. Any of these articles like this will always create controversy amongst our user group, no doubt. Yeah, so the here's the thing. Like, And I joked with Bill about this, and I've joked with you about this this morning, but anytime you mention the words wild steelhead and change, it, the automatic response is, is almost pushback. Almost, not necessarily pushback, but it, it definitely is, is a, a subject matter that that causes a pretty fast and a pretty extreme mm-hmm. response, either either positive and negative, and in this case, both. Yeah, absolutely both. Uh, and I, I had mentioned to Bill uh, via this uh, week communicating back and forth, you know, last couple of weeks I've mm-hmm. kind of uh, been an advocate of the two. And, and yeah. I brought that yeah. to the forefront here on the show and just threw it out there for persons to kind of mm-hmm. mull over and consider. And my, my comparison was we've always adopted or embraced because uh, the majority of the time that your your returns allow for a limit of two hatchery fish, mm-hmm. we're very custom to bonking two fish and and being good with our limit. Yep. Then be done. Um, and then the state has also gone in and and now put it in that the mandatory retention on hatchery fish. Mm-hmm. They don't want folks catching hatchery fish and releasing them. Um, but we've stumbled into this new movement the last <laughs> several years to be the guy to oh, say eleven goodness. for seventeen, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. twelve for eighteen, and these high number digits <laughs> yeah. are the way to go. Yeah, uh, even when Bill was here in studio with us, we've had those discussions Absolutely. relative to it's about the day, it's about the encounter for the guy that's yep. swinging the bug rod. It's the it's the one chance you get. It's yeah. it's the pristineness of this whole thing, and I think this is what this Bill and this article and this group that he is mentioning here mm-hmm. are trying to get us back to. Yeah. And it's a uh, that that whole thing. And Bill's Bill's with us, by the way. The, uh, yeah. That whole thing, uh, the nu- the numbers game. I mean, it's not necessarily even relative to steelhead. I mean, I, I mean, it became a big deal for guys to post they caught you know twenty five coho, whatever it happened to be. Yeah. But the bottom line is that is that the numbers numbers became sort of a an important thing. Oh, I don't know, Bill, about when when social media showed up, wouldn't you say numbers numbers became yeah, a big deal. I think that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a kind of a one upmanship kind of a thing. Which really has no place in in the steelheaders world. It really does not. Uh, that's it. It's um, you know, it, uh, this is an idea, guys. It should have been brought up a long time ago, and you guys touched on it pretty good, starting right there. I mean, uh, and what did Andrew Dice Clay said? He goes, "If you want to get someone's attention, be controversial." Mm-hmm. So that's exactly <laughs> what I did, man. Throw, yeah. throw it out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's uh, it's it's something. It's not my idea. Not my idea. I, I was uh, at a at a steelheaders meeting. For the the brain trust, or if you want to say it, Wild Steelheaders United, we're all down on the uh, on the Deschutes. We're all hanging around one evening, you know, having a few potent potables. And uh, Brian O'Keefe, everybody knows Brian. He's one of the mm-hmm. best photographers, writers, 
world traveler, one of the most uh, exposed anglers, if you want to say, that there is. And he's part of our group, and he's a steelheader, too, and his most passionate fish. And uh, he just looked up one day, and he looked at us, and he goes, hey, we're all talking about it. What can we do? What can we possibly do? Is there a way we can do something without changing angling regulations? Because we know what happens you know, Dwayne, you especially know, you try to change angling re- regulations here in the state, and, of course, it's done real fast, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. What, what, what if we can do this? It's several levels uh, past difficult, right? It's not a quick process. It's impossible to make everybody happy, and we know that customs run deep. In the steelheader's realm and uh, customs and culture, it's tough to change people. But what if, Brian says, that takes a pull on his beer and sits it back down on the table and removes his glasses and uh, you know, <laughs> like they do on television for uh, for effect and he says what if we could uh, what if we could change a major a habit without changing any techniques without changing open times without making you get out of boat fishable whatever all this stuff we're talking about what if we could do something that everybody could get behind it'd be beneficial for everybody and no matter what technique you guys love it could be a bobber bait plugs jig spoon fly it doesn't matter what you do what if we try something? Let's give this a shot. What about four is enough? And we're so, okay, four is enough. Go on. What if it's an arbitrary number? What if uh, if a guy's by himself or in the boat or everybody in the boat? doesn't matter. What if we hit a bunch of fish? And it's kind of like it's, uh, it's like pay it forward. The whole idea of this is, is save one for the next guy, right? You know, you guys go out to a coffee shop in the morning and you pull up and the guy behind you uh, pays for your coffee. Mm-hmm. You pull up and you go, yeah, the gentleman back there paid for your coffee. Same kind of a thing as steelhead fishermen. It's not about the numbers. It's like different from salmon fishing like you talked about. We have to leave some for the next, especially wild steelhead, right? You know, for hatchery situations, broodstock, whatever, have at it. They're there to harvest. Go for it. But a wild steelhead is a, such a special animal that everybody should get a chance to get a hold of. You know how crowded our rivers are now. That's the main thing. We're all trying to get what's left. And this isn't a situation where we're trying to increase numbers. We're trying to give everybody a shot at what's left, something we have control over. As anglers, this is what we do. We have a set number of fish in the river. You know, Instead of the guys going down, hot lip and having those big double digit numbers well wonderful for you guys you're the first couple people be a bank boat whatever and it leaves what for everybody else gentlemen well What's it leave yeah bill i think right? so let's let's take a look at a couple different things number one you you touched on this okay. briefly the bottom line is that is that to try to change behaviors through regulation is is a torturous process who who decides yeah, what really we do? I mean, I, I mean, I don't really honestly foresee in, in the immediate future that there is going to be any regulatory change that causes that causes the kind of effect that we're talking about here. This whole thing of of self policing your own behavior. I mean, it's something that dates right. back to childhood. Like you remember on Halloween, you'd go to somebody's house and they would say, "Hey, we're not here. Here's a big bowl of candy. Just take there two. You go. Just <laughs> just take, take two. just take two. Uh-huh. And of course, most people are all right. I'll take two. However, there are those who would dump the entire bowl sure. into their and and, uh-huh. and that's what we're, and that's what we're facing here. We're just it's just a, a simple childhood thing. Just monitor mm-hmm. yourself. It's really not it that is. difficult. God, that that that's a great analogy, Joel. <laughs> that's, a really, yeah. that's a really good analogy. And of course, like you said, when you talk about wild steelhead, you get the reactions from both sides. And uh, the ones that actually the ones that I love, uh, <clears throat> rather the reactions I love. Are the negative ones, 
Yeah, they're the guys who are going to give this movement legs, right? Because they're going to talk about it yeah. way more than the ones who are on board with the whole idea, right? We can <laughs> preach to the choir, and the guys who love the idea are going to go, yep, yep, they're just going to nod and go, yeah, we'll do that. Sounds mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. But the folks who don't like it, the idea of the four is enough. Well, they'll debate the issue, and <laughs> my hope is that the subject is better around enough. As, as we know, we saw what happened to this on social media. Oh, my goodness. It's uh yeah. I don't think anything happened like this since Janet Jackson exposed herself on the Super Bowl, right? It's been about that bad. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, it, I hope that the, so bad, I hope the naysayers can see the light. Maybe they'll join forces, and it might happen more than you think, guys. It really might. Well, I think uh, I think part of the negativity, Bill, comes from a few of the things I've read and some of the mindset is, well, here we go again. Our user group, the recreational angler, is, is trying mm-hmm. to impose or take a backseat to the other side who continues to harvest in last week we talked about the right. the levels of which uh, it's okay in in perception it's okay to see wild steelhead on a plate in a restaurant it's okay to see him at the fish <sighs> market for sale and for purchase and mm-hmm. there's groups that are steering your decision making process to say it's an alternative source that's uh, sustainable and we all know uh, differently and we yeah. we object right. to all of that mindset so i think the the pushback once again is well, if we look back here uh, within the last 18 months or so, we've implemented uh, drastic change in the realm of wild steelhead, especially on the coast. But statewide, other than the gentleman in Port Angeles, there's no retention of wild steelhead, <laughs> right? There's no retention of wild steelhead. Yeah. Uh, we've mm-hmm. changed our um, gear selection process, barbless hooks, no bait after posted mm-hmm. dates on certain streams, mm-hmm. um, and the closures of uh, dates varying depending on the forecast of return. So we have a lot of things mm-hmm. we've implement- implemented just near shortly here that are in effect that people are adjusting to and becoming accustomed to artificial lures, the whole thing. That is all right. on our side of the fence to say, hey, we respect the fishery enough. We want to see change. We want to protect these uh, resources. But it only goes so far when you have guys out there, as we've alluded to, hooking and catching and releasing or you know, messing with these fish multiple days in a row. The numbers have been mm-hmm. put out there multiple times. Mm-hmm. If you have XYZ number of boats on a given stream with a forecast of XYZ, the encounters can be of a certain number, and the overall numbers of encounters, hook-to-land ratios, and fish handling numbers can blow your mind yep. in right. respect to the forecasted run. We could be, we could be uh, impacting 80 to 90% of these returning fish, and then we uh-huh. know a percentage of these fish are not going to spawn. But, you know, the fact is... They're there. It's a recreational fishery. We enjoy targeting them. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to find a means of asking ourselves to police ourselves, share the resource with one another, and not abuse it. Right. There you go. Well, see, the thing is, uh, one of the big arguments, when you know, people will say, well, it's catch and release. It's catch. Well, yeah, well, a lot of guys are using catch and release as an abusive tool, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. I mean, yeah. guys will say, you, you talk to these guys, oh, we had an 18-fish day. Well, go up and ask them, go. How is fish number 12? Right. I don't know. Well, yeah. it was nice, I think. Tell me yeah, about number okay. nine. Now, now let's, mm-hmm. now let's, yeah, tell me, what about the guy who, I don't care what technique you're going to do. Now, in this day and age, four fish, four wild fish in a day, that was an amazing day, okay, number yeah. one. Oh, yeah. This is for the days when you really get into them, share them with your buddies. Now, if, if a guy hits a, one, he hits his fish, he's been there for two days, Water's been going in and out. He's working his butt off, going up and down the beach, floating miles of river, and you get into the one you want. That guy's going to tell you about that fish from the minute it hooked up 
everything it did, what stick it went around, the landing, <laughs> the release, everything, how many spots it has, right? He's going to oh, yeah. you know, every bit of he's going to appreciate that creature the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to appreciate the wild fish. If you get one a day, I think uh, uh, way back, uh, Trey Combs said in his great book in Steelhead Fly Fishing, he says, uh, the single fish, uh, I'm going to mess up this quote, but it goes something like this. He says, uh, the single fish rushing to your lure or fly has to take up, has to mean something for that day for a real steelheader. To expect more from yourself or more from the river is passion without joy. What a brilliant thing to say. I mean, a wild steelhead is something that, uh, hey, I'll tell you what, a guy told me, you're going to go to the coast, you're going to catch four steelhead today, wild fish on the hoe. Holy smokes. Well, that would be a season for me now. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that's cool. That's what I want. I just want to, I want anglers to just uh, get something started that they can go out there and, uh, and say you have a great – say you get into a hole and all of a sudden, bing, 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 you get into some fish, and you see guys coming down the creek. You know there's boats coming. There's going to be guys who are putting in later mm-hmm. who aren't, you know, aren't, don't have the gung-ho, don't have the weather to wall to want to go down there and fight for those things. If we police ourselves, mm-hmm. which we can do, and not worry about what the state's going to do or what everybody else is doing, doesn't matter what the tribe is doing, ocean conditions, loggers, mm-hmm. nothing. We have no control over that, right? Yeah. This is what we can do. We can do this now because we don't have time. We got to take care of these fish. We got to take care of them now. They're getting hammered like never before. So if we can leave one, one or two for the next guy upstream, paying it forward, isn't that what steelhead fishing is really all about? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're all sitting here waiting for this opportunity for catch and release on the Skagit in 2018. And if mm-hmm. if Woo-hoo. all those that participate yeah. in that fishery make it a make it a personal uh, goal. And this is the stance we take to right. say four is enough. Mm-hmm. When you when you spend a day on that river, there's a couple guys in your boat per angler. Four is enough. Two is and, two is actually mm-hmm. plenty there. Two sure. is plenty two on is that. Plenty but, yeah, yeah. It, you know, yeah. it's a movement that needs to gain traction. And uh, mm-hmm. I would like to see uh, an organized group come forward with maybe even just some type of identifying sticker that I can put on my truck and oh, put on my yeah. boat. Absolutely. If I have a and sticker on my boat that says four is enough, if I have the Guides four. Association mm-hmm. out there in the Forks and they all embrace yep. four is enough and they carry that sticker on their mm-hmm. boat, they're carrying that flag, they're all in agreement, sure. four is enough. Once that logo, that decal, that idea gets yep. pushed out there, put it on your truck, put it on your boat, doesn't matter. Four is enough. Uh, wear it proudly yep. and yep. Uh, spread the word. Let's do it. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, let's do it. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, love that, love that idea, Dwayne. It's just a, it, it's an arbitrary number too. I mean, like you said, if a guy wants to catch two, that's fine. Sure. You know, that's great because as as steelhead fishermen, we're, we uh, well, what's our limit for hatchery fish? We get our two fish and we're done yep. anyway. Yeah, and no, and no one complains. No, no one complains. They're like, oh, my limit. This is great, and off they go. Yeah, but now you get guys going out there running up these huge numbers on wild fish, which can't take it, and that's fine. That, weird, yeah, weird so concept, that thereby concept, that's been right? my my comparison is we've we've yeah. adopted and embraced two hatchery fish and we're good with that. Yeah. But when we get to four or we get to wild fish, how can we have an implemented a, a limit of two? You know, four yeah. is enough yeah. is great. I've I sat there and said, hey, you bring two to hand, you're done. Yeah. You've got your wild limit for the day. So, Bill, we have Absolutely. we have a, a god awful break structure today, so we're gonna have to cut you off a little bit early. However, <laughs> you're gonna be over here in the studio that's here right. in a couple of weeks, so. So let's make sure, let's make sure that 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 we revisit this subject at length because okay. there's a lot of discussion to be had here, but both positive and negative. We want to oh, hear, yeah. we want to hear all of it. Let's hear let's hear all of it. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Uh, 
Appreciate well, it. Like the song says, out there is a fortune waiting to be had. Boys. <laughs> Four is enough. Yeah. I wanted to see it get some traction. Yep. I want to make a little bit something that we can do as anglers, yep. you know, maybe – yeah, I, it's, I think it's a great gig. It's going to be fun, and I can't wait to come in the studio and see you cats in a couple. Looking forward to it, buddy. Good to yeah. have you around, man. All, All right, right, Bill. All right, take buddy. it easy, bro. Be good. Love you. See you. See you, man. <laughs> Four is enough. I can I can see it now. Four stickers all over the place. Need to yeah. make those. Hey, we know people that can make, make stickers. Those. Yeah, huh? we do. Let's get those out there. Indeed. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's time to talk turkey with Scott Haugen right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet. Shake the dust up. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle's Sports Radio 950 KJR. Saturday morning, Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast, Sportsnet. It is uh, 728. We're about uh, roughly a little bit over a month over, uh, away from the uh, general turkey opener throughout the Pacific Northwest. However, we do have, Dwayne, coming up here, uh, we have youth hunts mm-hmm. uh, uh, April the 1st and 2nd here in Washington. I believe it is the, the following week, either the 7th and 8th or the 8th and 9th in Oregon. Bottom line is it's it's time to to start thinking about uh, turkey, and uh, who else would we talk to besides Scott Haugen? Uh, nobody. When we need yeah. advice on how, yeah. to, how to, where to find turkey. Right, Scott. Good morning. How are you, my friend? Doing great. How about you guys? Oh, doing great. Yeah. Curious about your thoughts, Scott, because we ha- we have talked a lot uh, on this show the last handful of weeks about the weather, which is n- no longer normal. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ever. There's never a normal <laughs> weather year in the Pacific Northwest again. However, let's take a look at this year. We have, uh, I mean, it's it's raining buckets up here, and it looks like we're going to have that condition for a while. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the way that the the end of winter 2017 is going to influence the turkeys once you once you come to, first of all, those youth hunts in early April and then to the middle of the month when the rest of the country kind of gets out at it? You know, it's it's a, it's a really good question. Turkeys are they're so tough to figure out. I think, you know, like a lot of big game animals, I think a lot of their natural behavior, you know, breeding instincts especially, uh, you know, it, whether it's a hen looking to go to nest or a, or, or a tom ready to start hitting the strutting grounds, I think those, are, those behaviors are still going to be fairly strongly driven by photoperiodism, the longer daylights we're having here. But I think what, what, what I'm seeing in some of my scouting trips uh, are quite a few larger flocks still hanging together. Mm. You, know, you know, the turkey seasons are set up to, to the, where, where most of the breeding, if, if, if not all of it, is pretty much done by the time the turkey season's open. Now, now the reason, you know, hens are still sitting with, or staying with toms and roosting with them, or even though they've been bred, they're, you know, they're, they're just waiting for the fertilization to, to take root. And, and they're laying basically an egg every day. Um, once that happens, and you know they're gonna, it's gonna take them 12, 13 days before they start sitting on their nest. So, so behaviorally, what I think is 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 going to happen, and of course you never know, but but I think we're gonna see some of these birds sticking around in a little bit bigger flocks. I think that's gonna mean a little bit tougher time pulling the, these toms away from the hens. You know, uh, uh, of course, opening weekend is always a fun time to get out there, but. Uh, 
you know, if you can't make it opening weekend, don't overlook the middle of the season. I think there are going to be a lot of birds killed the middle of the season this year. And you're referring to the general opener, the middle, the middle of April general opener, not mm-hmm. not, not mm-hmm. the youth hunt. So let's let's talk yep. then, though. However, if you and and we'll get into more detail about about youth hunting in general in the next segment. However, if yeah. you do indeed plan on taking your young hunter out on you know the first the first weekend in April or even the yep. second weekend in April, I mean what. Yep. Um, what help us out here? I mean, if we, if we you know, I probably go a little more heavy on the decoys. You know, instead of maybe just you know sitting up against a tree and and running and gunning, um, you know, maybe get the youth in a blind. Uh, you know, one thing about these these birds still being in big flocks is they're still fairly patternable. In other words, some of the flocks I'm seeing are, are very much in their fall behavior like uh, mm-hmm. routine. So. So in that respect, a lot of times you can get set up in a blind, which can be a little more comfortable for youth, especially if it's raining out. Um, do that, you know, if, if you do have a youth who can get out there and walk and cover ground, you know, you know make sure that you're setting up with, uh, you, you know, with the, the background breaking you up a wide tree, um, you know, rocks or something like that where uh, where it's going to break up your outline there. And, and use a decoy. Don't be afraid to use uh, a hen decoy and a jake decoy, again, to kind of simulate, you know, what's going on out there in, in nature. And that's going to be more hens, uh, you know, being active out there feeding, but also more toms, especially jakes. Uh, sticking with them. A lot of these winter flocks that you see this time of year, you have big bachelor flocks of, of well, you have bachelor flocks of big toms, I should say, but then you also have the family flocks of the of the hens and then also the jakes. And these jakes, you know, even they're even though they're only a year old, they're still going to be actively, you know, courting these these hens, even though they won't get any breeding action. But, but that's that's going to be, could be the key to getting these toms to come in. So, Scott, when you speak of the uh, the winter behavior, Shangle and I observed that when we went over there uh, just outside of Kettle Falls and we're archery hunting for our uh, winter turkey opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's, um, it's pretty interesting to see their behavior and their daily routine patterns in that time of year compared to what you're talking about as we break into spring and they start spreading out and then and the hens get ready to, to be bred. And, and that normal behavior that uh, you anticipate and setting up lines, putting out the decoys, and, and really working hard to call them in, get those birds to separate out from that group. So if, in fact, the weather stays cold and our breeding season is delayed and the the opportunity of these birds coming, separating from the group is minimal, if you observe them on a day-to-day basis kind of sticking with this routine and they're going to they're gonna come walking or marching through as they do in a pretty decent-sized group at a particular area uh, day in and day out, would it not behoove you to, you know, set up anticipating them to come marching through at a given time and just kind of await for them to do their normal daily routine and then you have opportunity on them? Yeah, you know, that, that that's an option. I, I think I'd probably try to get a little more aggressive with, you know, with some calling. You know, their fall calling the vocabulary is, is a lot different. A little different, it, yeah. Yeah, than it is in the spring, but they're very vocal. But at the same time, you know, some, some clucks and purrs and, you know, maybe even some gobbles out there, you know, early on, something that uh, – a lot of times uh, hunters don't don't uh, you know rely on the gobble as much as they should so so the key there is exactly what you said capitalizing on on basically the start of the of the spring breakup of these flocks so mm-hmm. you know if you can simulate the you know that you're a, a hand ahead of this flock that is making this this normal routine and you've separated and now there's a jake that's separated as well that's you know throw, throw in some like I say uh, clucks and purrs and and maybe some gobbles and uh, and that could be exactly what it takes to bring a, a mature tom in. The, the the fall flocks of these uh, and winter flocks that these bachelor toms are in, they, they'll be breaking up a little bit sooner 
uh, the, than these hen flocks because they're the they're the ones that are going to go out and start looking you know where they're going to establish their their territory on their on their strutting grounds. These three, four, five year old toms, and those are the ones you want to target. Scott, talk a little bit about uh, the actual physical setup when you're talking about setting up a blind and then with with decoys and so forth. I mean, where where are you positioning everything? You know, I, I like having a little bit of a backdrop for the blind if I have to, or if I can, I should say. I, uh, you know, it's not imperative. One of the things that a lot of people hesitate with when it comes to setting up blinds for turkeys is they think they have to have them in place a day before or a week before. You know, turkeys have incredible eyesight, uh, very powerful eyesight, but their their depth perception is terrible. So, you know, even if I'm out in, mm-hmm. a, I mean, a flat field and, and I see these birds that are, you know, I've been doing my homework and I see they're flying out of the roost and they're spending all day in this field you know, picking what grass, you know, where grass is a major part of the diet right now. And, and if they're out there, you know, eating the ends of this, uh, this green grass and they're staying out there all day, uh, you know, a lot of times you don't have a prayer to, uh, to get to them. So I might go right out into that field or even on the fringes of the field, depending on where these birds are flying down and walking and traveling and, and set up and call. I, if, excuse me, if I'm bow hunting, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have that decoy, you know, five steps from me. I'm going to have it really close to get that bird in the position of where I want it. If I'm hunting with a shotgun, I'll have it out there probably, you know, 15, 20 yards uh, where I can get that pattern to open up a little bit, but still have enough shot to, uh, to you know, hit, hit the kill zone in the head. Scott, let's do this. We're going to jump out for a super quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the details of, of of youth hunters. Now, you obviously have have done a great job with 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 your two boys. I mean, you yep. look at you look online. There's pictures of of Braxton Kazan with turkeys. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just you know. <laughs> however, it's not automatic. It's as a matter of fact, it's far from automatic. Oh man. It, yeah. It, that's right. Now we have some good hints there that'll uh, that'll help people out. We'll talk more with Scott Haugen right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sports. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Super quick reminder, we have the Wild Country Jamboree uh, information. Go to sunbanksresort.com uh, to register for that. 10% off for anyone who wants to participate. That is uh, June the 5th through the 8th. We already have 21 parties registered for that. Can you believe that? Also, a quick note, uh, the 26th with Cody Herman and myself for Springers on the Columbia is filled up. Sold but, out. But we have day two. We're going to go ahead and kick out <laughs> another date, uh, April 4th, okay? April 4th, we'll fill the boat with four or five additional folks, 175 awesome. per seat. Come fish with Cody and I for Springers. I can ter- tell you that that week there is going to be really You want good. that one. Yep. Yeah, you want that one for sure. Uh, in the meantime, we have a, uh, a turkey opener to look forward to. And, Scott, we talked a little bit uh, before the break about uh, the possibility of of incorporating your youth into the hunting world via turkeys. And, and you have said before that you think turkey hunting is one of the better of the sports to get your, your young hunter involved. How, why is that the case? Well, three reasons. Number one, it's, it's pretty easy to involve them in the process of the preparation of the hunt. Okay. Uh, these, these birds, they're easy to call. The calls, the sounds themselves are easy to make. So, that, so that's one thing, getting them involved. The other thing is it's the springtime is a very good time to, to make things comfortable for them. Uh, you know, a lot of times in the fall, you're out there daylight to dark. The yep. weather can be miserable. Yep. You know, it, it can be cold here too. But, but one of the beauties with turkey hunting, and that's point number three, is is you know, know when to pull the plug because there are a lot of birds out there and they're not going anywhere. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if things start going south, uh, bad weather. You know, the the, the kids getting tired. Uh, you know, covering covering too much ground. The birds just aren't cooperating that day. You know, pull out and come back another day. You know, the the youth season isn't the only time to 
you know, to, to fill a tag. So, so you know, make them part of the process. Uh, there are so many good clothes out there now for kids and turkey vests. You can get a pretty inexpensive turkey vest for, for the kid. And, and go buy a few calls and, 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 you know, gloves and face paint. You know, kids love putting face paint on. So, Absolutely. So take them to the store so with you and make them part of the process and, you know, get a box call in their hand. I think, gosh, both my kids called in turkeys when they were four for, for their mom and I. And, and it was just basic, you know, just a basic Yelp on a box call. That's going to call in 80% of your birds, if not more. And, and, and a kid can do that. Uh, you know, when you're out there in the field, if, if uh, you know, if things, like I say, you, you know, keep an eye on the kid. If they, if they are one who, uh, you know, uh, struggle to sit still and, and fidgeting around, then, then put a ground blind up and, and sit in there and make it comfortable. If it's cold or, like I say, if they're hungry, you know, have them pack a lunch, take a, take a fun lunch where you can enjoy just, just a time in the outdoors together, and, and that's what it's all about. And if you fill a tag, that's just a bonus uh, yeah. there. But then, then at the same time, if, if you know, if you have to pull the plug on it and, and uh, abort the hunt a little bit sooner than what you would, then, then do it because you want to make it a positive experience and you want them to keep wanting to come back for more. Yeah, a lot of very good points there, Scott. You know, it's about the kid, our kids on those days versus the adult. And as much as you can bestow into them and teach them, uh, keep it, uh, keep it kind of upbeat. Keep it. Uh, you got to keep their attention. It's kind of like uh, you know they're so drawn to video games. We're trying to grasp their attention and keep them engaged in the the, the opportunity here for the trophy at the end of uh, it all coming together. And you're right. If it uh, gets to the point where they're just kind of like at that point of, I just don't really want to do this anymore today, you got to know when to say when. But what a great opportunity to teach a kid patience. You really start dialing them in on patience on a turkey hunt because of the fact you can take them out uh, walking around and and kind of stalking and or you put them in a ground blind, teach them ultimately patience. That's going to transfer over to other hunts in their future. But it also, the thing about turkey hunt that I like, Scott, is that um, the patience also has a reward. The thing about the 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 experience Mm -hmm. of, of this particular species is a reward into itself. I mean, it's just just to be perfectly frank, turkey hunting is really cool. It's exciting. It's really when, cool. When yeah, they're I mean, making a lot of noise and they're moving yeah. and they're just and you're trying to teach them the, yeah. the behavior. As yep. Scott breaks it down, you recognize the behavior patterns and what they're oh, doing, man. when they're roosting, yeah. when they're getting on the run, when yep. they're kind of moving around. Yep. There's so much going on there. I know when Joel and I went over there lots to archery to, hunt, lots to see. It's constantly something going on with these mm-hmm. crazy birds because yep. they're so doggone goofy and at times unpredictable. Yep. It can't help but you grab your attention. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. There are a lot of great teachable moments, and if the adult recognizes that, you know, go with it. And it doesn't always have to be turkey. I mean, there are so many songbirds out there now and, you know, different flowers that are that are blooming. It's just a beautiful time to be out there and, you know, teaching kids about the outdoors and, and exactly like what you guys said, keeping it fun for them. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what it's really all about. Uh, filling the tag is, is second nature, you know, second second on the list there but you know once they strike that box call and they get a turkey that gobbles you know they make a wild animal respond to, mm-hmm. to a move yeah. they make uh, that, that that's what i've found really really gets them excited and hooks them because then they think wow i did something right and, and i've got a chance here and and it does it teaches them patience persistence and you know that's going to not only uh, transfer over to other hunts, but, but, you know, real life situations as well. And, you know, life isn't always a comfortable sitting on the couch playing a game. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Scott, we, we fortunately exist in a great part of the country for this particular sport. I mean, Mm -hmm. as much as we like to complain about the fact that, you know, we, we were losing opportunities with our fisheries and so forth, turkey hunting in this, in this neck of the woods is really good. I mean, it really is. It's one of the better places in the country. 
Yeah, it, it is, and I've been fortunate to hunt them all over the country and all throughout the West. And you know, here in Oregon, you can kill five birds a year now: two in the spring and yep. and uh, or three in the spring. I'm sorry, and two in the fall. And mm. you know, five birds. Holy cow! What what a what a great opportunity to get out there and learn. You know, about these birds. And and if you are from Oregon, and you know, you really want to start learning about turkeys, you know, get out. Get get three tags and you know, hunt them early in the season, hunt them late in the season, you know, and hunt them in the middle of the season, and and you'll be amazed what you what you learn from these birds. And you know, when I was starting to put together the information for for my turkey hunting book, you know, started gosh almost 30 years ago now, and and that's what I had to do to learn about these birds was was spread out my time of hunting them and and figure out their behavior and see how it changes based on you know different elements and. And there, there's a lot to learn from them. Boy, spring, it's, there, there's nothing like being out there in the spring. It's, it's comfortable. It's warm. Mm. There's just so much going on, like you guys say. And uh, get those youth out there. If you want to hook them on hunting, turkey, turkey hunting is the best way I, I know to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. Mm-hmm. Scott, we had talked a little bit about uh, possibly putting together a deal on that turkey book. Did we, did we finalize that? Did we? Yeah, you know know what, they can just go to my website, it's just scotthaglin.com, and they can uh, just click on the book order right there, and what we'll do is, uh, it's 20 bucks, but uh, go ahead and you can buy that, and we'll we'll do a two-for-one deal on that. that? There's one that mom or dad wants, and they want one for for a, a youth as well. Just put that in the little comment section once you order it. Just just say, uh, you know, hey, I want the two for one Northwest Wild Country special. You know, put put the child's name in there, uh, whatever it is that that you want it to sign to, and and we'll we'll make an inscription personally to them and awesome. get them their own personal <laughs> copy. That's, That's one of the things that, that really I did cool. when I wrote that book because I have a whole section devoted just to youth awesome. and, and a lot of things we talked about a lot more you know like making sure that, that the gun fits them and yep. you know uh, ways to break them into shooting a shotgun even when they're young to you know to get them to the point where they're comfortable shooting it without worrying about recoil and, and sound and so forth so there's a whole process uh, yeah. in there that we break down and, and teach people how to teach their kids to to have fun and effectively hunt turkeys so it's a great book on the website yeah. we'll give you a two for one good book yeah www.scotthaugen.com scott Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We never, ever, ever have enough time. But, uh, but I really pre- I know you're a busy dude. We appreciate your time on a Saturday morning. We really do. Thanks, gentlemen. All, All right, right, Scott. Take it easy, bud. www.scotthaugen.com. You did the two-for-one deal and enter that into the the comments section there on the order form. While you're there, might as well surf around and, and look at tiffanyhaugen.com as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of great stuff there. Of course, the Haugens have, over the last uh, handful of years, last couple of years, have really gotten into the social media deal. I mean, if oh, you're yeah. not following them on Facebook or on Instagram, you need to follow both of them. Yeah, you're missing out. Really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's going to cut us off for today. Um, over the next handful of weeks, of course, uh, I'll be on the road, but uh, Dwayne's got a, a fine, ca- <laughs> yes, fine cast will. of characters coming in, though. Oh, They're we're going to be great shows, up. really yeah. good shows. Yeah, 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 we're lining them up. It's going to be good stuff. We'll see you same time, same place right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.